this is one of the most difficult things for people to wrap their heads around. But how you show up in the world, you're you're training the the world, the universe, other people that exist on this planet to treat you in that way. Listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Algott. And coming up in episode 276, we offer our thoughts on a few of the more complex questions we've gotten lately. Everything from navigating intimate scenes with another actor on stage or on set, hmm, to how to move out from your parents' basement to start building a career as an actor and director, to what kinds of industry-adjacent thrival jobs most benefit actors, to how to stay focused when everything seems to be pulling your attention away from your career, to how to strategically join the union. I mean, that's a lot. And this episode is all about those things, those tiny little things that make up a life that is devoted to art. Episode 276. So here's a great way to master the studio and performance techniques you need to work on camera and do better self tapes. We all need that, right? It's called Camera Ready You, and it's been created by Vio2Gogo's David Ainge Lawrence the 17th. Now he, as you know, is a seasoned television and film actor, and he will share all the knowledge he's gained working on camera in this class. Auditioning and working on camera can be deceptively hard. And a lot of us, myself included, have experienced that. But David, he's put together a special report called the top five mistakes people make on camera and how to fix them. It's absolutely free. And to get it, all you have to do is text on camera, all one word. So O-N-C-A-M-E-R-A to the number 44222 on any smartphone or messaging device. You probably have unlimited text messaging on your phone, but standard messaging rates may apply. What we learn from this, things like how to set up your studio, your lights, your camera, your mic, how to self-tape on-camera auditions, how to master business presentations, video podcasts, online instructions slash lessons, marketing videos, walking the red carpet, and more. Whew, that's a lot of stuff. You will learn how to shine on camera. Don't know which camera to use? Don't know which lavalier or boom mic to buy? Don't know what to do with your hands or your eyes? No worries. Camera Ready You will cover all of it. Become a better on-camera actor and auditioner with Camera Ready You. Again, get that free top five mistakes people make on camera and how to fix them report and get on the list using your smartphone by texting on camera, all one word, to 44222. That's all one word, on camera, to 44222 and get ready for Camera Ready You. You know, dude, I'm really stoked about Camera Ready You. I've I've had the honor of of seeing the course outline that David has put together for this, and it's extremely comprehensive. And I've seen a few things. He he's been doing like a version of this 
of this course, basically public speaking, but from an actor's perspective, with sort of in the context of, of self-taping and giving presentations. He's been doing a version of this for uh, a lot of very successful, very recognizable people in his mastermind group. And um, it's been going on for a few years, and I... Um, I think one of the people, I don't know like if I'm at liberty to say who some of these people are, but one of the people is, um, let me go ahead and say it anyway, uh, the author Sean Platt, or is it Johnny B. Truant? Um, but they're the guys with the self-publishing podcast. They've got a publish, self-publishing empire as uh, self-published authors, and uh, their books are great, and uh, David is in, he's worked with them specifically, uh, among many other people, to help them sort of refine their on-camera and presentational skills, and it's just informed their businesses and, and their personal lives and their art in and, and lots of great ways. So I'm really excited for it. I'm very excited to be partnering with uh, with David on this. And uh, again, that's Camera Ready You. That's so cool. I, I just want to say, like, I, I love, you know, that no matter where any person is in their in their career or their business, there's always some value to be gained and, and shared. I've had, uh, actors that I've worked with like really like well-known established actors. And I, for instance, tell them the, about the class that Ben and I teach at UCLA and they're like, Oh, I want to take that. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Like we all can sort of learn from, I'm going to text that number like as soon as we're done recording. The most successful people are never done learning. They're never above uh, taking a chance on a new class or a new course or they're never done reading books. And, you know, it's like it one at some point that can, yes, become a distraction or a procrastination mechanism. But but successful people usually have big libraries. They're always going to seminars. They're always in workshops. They're, they're investing money in themselves by hiring personal coaches and taking court, you know, taking online things. And it's just like that's just the thing that successful people do. And it's it's just it's exciting to, to know that we have uh partnerships with people that not only believe in that kind of thing, but that are also actively creating content to help people take it to the next level too. Speaking of taking it to the next level, we've got some of our members posting their, uh, their, their, uh, quarterly check-ins from inspired by our, uh, Q1 check-in over in the membership, starting with our logo designer, uh, Fern Lim, uh, who posted her Q1 check-in, um, you want to talk about this, Trev? You said there's a lot of goodness in here. I, I just loved everything she wrote, every piece of it. And she also sends out a weekly newsletter called, um, oh, I'm blanking on it. Sorry, Fern, forgive me. But it's about the little moments in life that you can appreciate. It's just a collection of little moments that are just like, ah, isn't that nice? And it just reminds us to, that life is lived in the in-between. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So she's up to some cool stuff, and her, her review is really cool. And I just... I wanted to just sort of point a, a few eyeballs and, and ears towards that because um, the membership is a, is a pretty cool place to share that kind of thing. It's a great example of how to do a, a, a review and make it your own. And of course, we also have the Gospel According to the First Squad reading. Just a quick reminder, that's coming up in just two short weeks, a little less than two weeks, I think, by the time this goes live on Saturday, May 27th at the Kirk Douglas at 6.30 p.m., doors at 6 o'clock. This is a recorded reading of the award-winning play that AJ and I both had the honor of working on, helping to develop, and then, of course, acting in back uh, back in, like, what was it, 2011? Yeah. 2012, something like that. And, uh, yeah, really stoked for this, man. It's going to be a, an intimate event with some some drinks and refreshments afterwards, and space is limited, but uh, we've, we've had a few people already pick up tickets, and... Um, 
I just I can't wait, man. And we're we're posting the link to tickets for people who are n- not members that just want would prefer to pay the seven dollars to yeah, come. Right. That's yeah. all. That's in the show notes. Also. Yeah. Speaking of uh, throwing out some some love to people, you're know, talking about showing some love to Fern's quarterly check in. Just thank you for this week. Yeah. 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 We got a, a, a wonderful donation from Lenore Marks. Thank you so much for the one time. Uh, contribution to the podcast very generous we really appreciate it goes right back into paying for this thing <laughs> so thank you very much for uh, funding a, a few more episodes of inside acting lenore really really appreciate it but we've got awesome questions to get to we're going to do two of these questions take a quick break to give some love to uh, one of our sponsors and then we're going to come back and handle the last three and and these questions are great because um we have talked about them in, in one form or another on the podcast over the years, but you know, as technology changes and we learn things from guests and uh, we get more perspective in our own lives, you know, sometimes the responses change, and some of these are not so easily sort of responded to in, in a sentence or two. Some of them require a little bit of hashing out and unpacking. So excited for this! So let's start with the first one here from Jesse. Uh, Jesse gave us a lot of backstory, a lot of context for his situation, but, but the sum of it is that, uh, he's just turned 30, still living with his parents. And, uh, he's, he's trying hard to, to, to get out, to, you know, get on, on his own two feet. But, uh, you know, he's, he's working some jobs that aren't paying him very well. And he's got a ton of student loan debt and it's just crippling him. And, you know, he says he doesn't want to sound like a victim. He doesn't want to say, you know, why me? Why me? Um, because he does get that he's got it pretty good, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of, of human condition. Um, but he does feel embarrassed and he, uh, wants to basically hear our thoughts on, how to move forward with this production company that he started uh, with his friend and partner. They've got uh, a few clients under their belt. They've done some corporate videos and things like that. And he does want to be an actor. His big vision is to go be an actor, uh, you know, in L.A. Uh, and also direct films. But, you know, it seems like a long way off from where he is right now, making not a lot of money and living with his parents and just burdened with all this debt he said he sent in resumes to companies and and tried to get the word out about his you know his production company and things like that but he he said just there's a lot of competition out there and but he's willing to do anything he says you know interviews uh collaborating with other companies making short films weddings he says he's willing to be a pa you know a coffee gopher whatever it takes uh he knows what he wants he just those next steps seem to really be uh, eluding him all that said i totally feel your pain Jesse, it can seem like an impossibility sometimes looking out from the the, um, difficulty of our current situation and feeling so limited and and like we're handcuffed almost. And and I know for a lot of my life, money or lack thereof has been a determining factor in keeping me stuck, keeping me running in place. And I haven't necessarily always wanted to change the situation because guess what? It's familiar. I know how to deal with it. And that's nice and safe. So um, I feel your pain, man. As far as advice on moving forward, if you ask me, you're really blessed in that, number one, you've got a roof of your head right now and a place to sort of fall back to if you need to. And number two, you've got a burgeoning skill set in video production. And number three, you know where you're headed. You've got a vision for what you want. So those three things are crucial. And they're really all you need, save one tiny 
other thing, and that is to know what the very next step is. And if we were talking right now, you and I one-on-one, I would ask you, what's the very next thing you need to do? And you would know. I wouldn't need to tell you. You would know exactly what it is. Um, I recently read a quote that said something along the lines of, we we can never um, tell anybody what to do or teach anybody. We can only help them uncover the answers they already have in themselves. Something I posted to Twitter or Facebook. Or I something. saw and, that post actually. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's kind of perfect timing for this, but you know, as Jack Canfield and Brian Tracy and all these self-help gurus always say, you know, once you have your goals locked in and you know where you are, it's like a GPS system. Like you can see your destination, you know where you are and all the GPS will ever tell you, like, let's just pretend the screen's broken because in, in life, that's kind of the way it works. All you ever need to know is what the next turn is to make. But if you keep following those directions and you keep getting what that next turn is, then you'll eventually get there. In a, in a weird sort of sellout way for this episode, I would put it back on you, Jesse, and ask you, what's the next, what's the very next thing you need to do? But I think you know. I think you know what the very next baby step, the very next physical action that you need to take is to move you one step closer to moving out of your parents' uh, parents' um house and and getting on your own two feet and and getting the word out about your company and what skills or courses or books you need to look into or who you need to talk to or reach out to or take to lunch or that's what I got right now. I need to digest this a a minute more. AJ, I'm going to toss it over to you because I just talked for 10 minutes straight. What what are your, what are your thoughts? I don't think it was 10 minutes. Uh, I wasn't timing you, but I certainly don't think it was 10 minutes. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I loved how you said, you made that list of like things he already has in place, you know, where you're like, you have a roof over your head, you know, where you're going, you have a vision like that list. And so many of those things are missing. And then you said the thing uh, missing for other people. And then you said the thing that may be missing for him is like, what's the very next step. I would say the the other thing I would sort of toss in there is what's usually missing from someone who has all of those other pieces in place is the being I'm looking at some of the other language you use in your in your email, Jesse, but it seems like your beingness, the way that you show up in the world is as a person who lives at home in their parents' basement and is struggling with money and so on and so forth. And I know it's it's very this is one of the most difficult things for people to wrap their heads around. But how you show up in the world, you're you're training the, the world, the universe, other people that exist on this planet to treat you in that way. So you're show, you're, you're, you're likely, I would be willing to bet money that you're showing up in the world in such a way that says, I live in my parents' house and I don't have a lot of money and I have a lot of debt. As opposed to, I know where I'm going, I'm I'm, I am already successful and on my way to more success and more abundance. I am already abundant and on my way to more abundance. If the mindset shifted, I, I can almost guarantee these other things, the other, these other pieces would begin to fall in place. Cause I have, I have a lot of ideas of like practical things that you could do, you know, like, first of all, as soon as I started reading this email, I was like, oh man, I, I can't tell you how many times I wish I could live with my parents right now. So that, you know, rent was either cheap or non, not an issue, a non-issue, you know, um, that, that would, that would be amazing. And there are other things, practical things like, like for instance, student loan debt can actually be deferred. 
And I think it can be deferred like as many times as you want for like six months at a time or something like that. I don't know all the rules, but I've done it a couple of times where I deferred my loan payments for six months and you don't incur any additional interest or whatever to just let you do it because it's a student loan and not like credit card debt. I could talk about how like, you know, money is just like a it's not going to kill you. So if, you know, you can't pay those student loans or you can't pay other things things, but you are, you know, moving forward towards creating a more abundance in your life. You know, there's all these like practical things, but I don't think they're going, they, I don't know that they would last if I didn't say like, how are you showing up in the world? So Trev's question, what's the next step? And my question is, how are you showing up such that, mm. you know, you're training the universe? Like this is, this is who I am. I'm the guy that lives in this parents house or whatever. Not that there's any, and you know, there may not be any shame that's supposed to be associated with that. And, and yet you are feeling shameful hmm. or, ash- or ashamed. Hmm. Does that make sense? That's why I'm so glad there's two of us. Cause it, that is something that I so often forget about. I'm always the guy who's like, make a list and re, you know, reverse engineer your goal and you can do it. But I'm still in my pajamas, <laughs> You know, but like, I remember one time you were telling me about somebody you were talking to and they were looking for jobs and they were having much success. And you said, you said like, yeah, but you're in your pajamas in front of your computer right now. Like get up, go put on like an, an ironed shirt, like an ironed button down shirt, put on like your nice dress. Like show up as if you've already got the job and the job just doesn't know it yet. And that, that is so huge. That's another thing that's been in my world lately. I came across this guy who's actually been recommended to be on our, our show. Uh, I won't call him out here, but um, he does sort of like self-help training kind of stuff. And his whole, his whole vantage point is like how you communicate who you are to the world, your value to the world has everything to do with how you choose to be in this moment. And if you want to break it down into doing, it's all about eye contact and posture and voice and how you, and what you wear. But like those things inform your psyche, those things inform your spirit. You know, when you, that's why, you know, when, when, when we act on stage, um, in professional theater, they often have us wear special rehearsal shoes because those shoes will have you move and feel and be differently on stage than if you were just wearing like, you know, running shoes or sneakers or flip flops or something. It it can really make a big difference. So to combine the being and the doing, I would, I would maybe try dressing up like you already earn $250,000 a year from your production company. Like Mm. just walk out into the world and just show the world that you are that guy and the paycheck just hasn't shown up in the mailbox quite yet I, I i remember the story of the of the person in the in the pajamas that i was like get, get up and go outside with you know uh i remember that story and i know the exact person and the exact circumstance so thank you for that reminder trev well thank you that's huge and and jesse please keep us posted you you wrote this email into us gosh a little while ago about a month and a half ago now but I'd love to hear uh, where you're at and how it continues to unfold. So thanks for the question. Hope some of this helped and uh, keep us posted. Next question comes from Ash. Uh, we teased about this uh, an episode or two ago. And Ash asks us, what kind of temporary jobs can I get in California that I can also include on my acting resume? Basically, jobs under directors, uh, front desks for auditions, anyone 
or anything from which um, industry stuff can be learned? Anything that will benefit uh, us as actors? What are some jobs that uh, that would that would support uh, learning more about the industry um, and and how to how to be as an actor? Well, first of all, I just want to clear up something that something that in the language of the email that I'm confused about, and I want to make sure that. Ash doesn't do anything to sort of steer him in the wrong direction. Uh, he says, what kind of temporary jobs can I get in Cali that I can also include on my acting resume? It, it, there's no such thing as getting a temporary job or some kind of job uh, working in the industry other than an acting role that you would put on your resume, including extra work, which is one of the ones that I was going to suggest, Trevor, is like going down to central casting, getting yourself in their database <clears throat> and then, you know, um, getting on a set because you can make like a hundred bucks a day, which a lot of people, I mean, there are tons of people that don't make that much money per day and they're not on a set either, you know? So I think that's a really great way to, to make some money and get some experience in the industry, seeing how it's done on set, like, like paying attention to how the, the filmmaking, um, what the filmmaking process is. I think it's an awesome way to go, uh, especially early on in, in your career. But you wouldn't be able to put that on your resume, just like you wouldn't be able to put being a reader on your acting resume. Or an intern. Yeah, he's, he's talking about um, jobs under directors, a front desk at audition, that kind of thing. You would never put any of these on your acting resume. So I just want to make sure that we're clear uh, on that. And then in terms of um, working under these people like like internships like Trevor just mentioned or working under a director or something like that you know these are all things that are certainly possible but they're not they're typically not paid <laughs> I hate to I hate to be so um, blunt about it but they're typically unpaid jobs um, so just be prepared for that but if you want to do that um, one of the ways that I know has actually worked because I know people who have done this is they just become a, a fan and a listener to the people that they respect in the industry. And the way that they do that is usually through social media because people are so accessible these days in that space. And by doing that, they can follow, for instance, a director and say, oh, hey, their, their short film or something is playing at this festival where I'm going to go watch this short film, like this pet project of theirs. And they become a fan of this person's work. And that way they can sort of, you know, say, Hey, I, I really loved this thing that you created. And, uh, what happened was a, a friend of mine tweeted a director that he respects and he said, Hey, I really liked that. And he mentioned some pet project thing and they sort of exchanged a few tweets. And then eventually the director followed my friend back and then they exchanged some direct messages and they exchanged emails. And eventually that friend of mine ended up basically shadowing this director on the set of this huge like primetime television show when he directed a couple of episodes all from building a relationship of just listening to social media and, and being a fan. I don't want people to think they can just show up in Los Angeles or New York or whatever and like start following somebody on Twitter, <laughs> stalking somebody on Twitter and then get, get, get a job. But it's just uh, it's an example of how thinking outside of the box and building a relationship can actually support in in getting into some of these um, places where you get industry experience without having to have booked an, an acting gig. Yeah, you've really got to mm, you know what you want, but put that aside a little bit and start to become more interested in other people. 
Uh, and that, that will just lead to so many, we've said this a million times in the show, but that will lead to so many doors opening for you when you are more interested in other people than they are in you. That's just, that's the way human beings work. Flattery goes a long way, but it's got to be genuine. It's got to be real and there can't be a motive behind it. And so if that's not you, if you're the kind of person that's like, what's in it for me, you got to kind of train yourself to cultivate curiosity a little more. And, and once you really get that, and like we've said, no doors will be closed to you. I uh, hope that helps, Ash. Uh, there is a sort of second question that Ash has that has to do with relationships. And uh, Ash says, I'm not even sure how to word it. I guess being an actor and having to do scenes where you have to kiss someone or quote unquote have sex or really do anything kind of intimate on camera or on stage or anything like that. How does that work? being in a relationship. In my experience, this is largely a non-issue from that perspective. It's like if you're with somebody that's worth being with, they're not going to have all sorts of weird jealousy issues about this kind of thing. It's, It's your job. And if you're a professional, you get that this is just part of the storytelling and you behave accordingly. The issue comes in, I think, is when newer actors spend too much time together, uh, and, and the scene work starts to bleed over into their personal lives and then become emotionally involved as a result of being intimate uh, in the work that they're doing together. That That's really the, the dangerous part because that can get the better of us sometimes as, as sensitive, impressionable, creative people that have the empathy gene turned up to 100, you know? Hmm. How about you, AJ? What are your thoughts on that? I thought that was an amazing summation. The only thing I would add is um, it never hurts to uh, reassure someone and and build that trust all along the way. In other words, if you have given someone a reason not to trust you in the first place, that's obviously going to create those types of issues. But if you haven't shown up in your relationship in such a way that gives that person full credence to trust you, you know, completely, then you get to do even more work and show up in such a way that you can reassure them that everything is okay. If it were you, AJ, what would a, I guess, like sample conversation be if you had to offer like a a paragraph of, of what that might sound like if you were to initiate that conversation as an actor reassuring your your partner so at first it starts with acknowledging the person's feelings because too many times we become self-focused and when we do that we immediately go into defense mode and when you go into defense mode it's like a it's like a red flag it it like throws up a red flag for somebody they're like wait he or she is defending themselves. So they must be, you know, guilty of something. <clears throat> so the, the, the most important thing is just acknowledge that person's feelings. Oh, okay. So I, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're scared because I have this intimate scene with somebody and it's making you feel this way and et cetera, et cetera. Like, am I understanding that correctly? And if you can put the focus on them and support them and by showing them that you understand where they're coming from and then go to, okay, like I get it and I get you. Um, and you know, I, I can assure you this, this, and this, you know, nothing, nothing is going on between me and this other person. It's about the work, et cetera. 
I have found, uh, especially uh, recently, that sometimes you don't even have to go into the um, the explanation side of things when you are in tune with the person's feelings. Um, and it's showing up all in all areas of my life, not not only my primary relationship, but work relationships and um, friendships and everything. If it's it's a challenging thing for us to do as human beings because we have this will, this built-in will evo- that evolution has created to survive. We immediately go to internally f- focusing on ourselves first. We can focus on the other person first. Um, it makes a world of difference. And sometimes it doesn't even require any kind of like explanation or anything. You know, it reminds me a little bit of what we learned at Apple. Uh, I know you're still with Apple, but uh, the three A's, which are like magic <laughs> for for emotional situations. Uh, and, the, you know, I guess we'll just give away some trade secrets here. But the three A's are acknowledge, align, and assure. So when somebody is clearly, you know, upset or concerned or disturbed about something, uh, the steps are to acknowledge that what they are feeling is completely legitimate and and then uh, align yourself because all things told, you would feel the same way if you were in their shoes, in their circumstances. And so acknowledge that that's legit. Like it's the... The, we could solve so many problems in the world if people would stop telling other people that their feelings are wrong. So, you know what I mean? So, it's like everybody's... Especially the president. Uh, don't even. So, you know, <laughs> the, the feelings are legitimate. Anybody would feel that way if they were in that situation. And then just assure them, you know, that, look, this is important to me and I'm going to make it right. You know, whatever. I mean, I'm totally generalizing, but that's those are, that's the idea. You're welcome, town. <laughs> You're welcome, town. Ash, hope this helps. Thanks for the great questions. Keep us posted, uh, as always. We love hearing like follow-ups on how these things are going with people. So please keep us posted on on the latest and how things are unfolding. This episode of Inside Acting is also brought to you in part by PrintHeadshots.com, superior headshot printing. At PrintHeadshots.com, all orders include free shipping, free retouching, free layouts, free proofs, and no hidden fees. You don't pay a dime until you approve your proofs. And now you can use promo code IA, that's IA as in Inside Acting, to get $10 off your first order. Most orders arrive within just a day or two, so for superior printed headshots with unparalleled turnaround time, visit printheadshots.com and use promo code IA for $10 off. I really love this question. It's actually a great sort of segue follow-up question to Ash's first question um, about, about working. Because this question comes from Matt, and it's sort of the inverse of Ash's question. Ash, Ash was asking about finding jobs in the industry. Matt's talking about working at uh, his thrival job and uh, feeling inexperienced as an actor. Uh, but while he has strayed from the industry for some time, he hasn't given up entirely. So his question is, do you guys have any advice on staying focused despite having to spend time and energy elsewhere? So... You know, you have a great job, it's paying the bills, and yet, you know, you're feeling like it's distracting you from the path of an artist. 
you know, it's interesting because I'm actually going through this in a way right now because I just got this promotion at work. And, and the, the first thing that comes to mind is I think about some of the things that Stephen Rohr said when he came on the podcast and, you know, he was talking about be a star wherever you are. And I am working my tail off at my job and just having a blast doing it. It doesn't feel so much as like a distraction so much as like this is just another aspect of my life. It, it, it doesn't feel like I'm, you know, I'm on this path to being an actor and I've been derailed. It feels like I'm on this path to being a better human, to being a better artist, to being an, a better actor, to being a more successful actor. And this is part of that path. This is part of that walk. So, yeah, it's a lot of time and it's a lot of energy, but I, I don't look at it as a distraction. I've just sort of changed my perception on that. And that was huge. And then the only other thing I would add to that is read Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk or something like it, because that type of inspiration will motivate the hell out of you to work your butt off wherever you are, including coming home before and after your whatever this day job is to bust a hump doing the stuff that's required for you to be a better and more marketable actor. So in other words, if you're working a nine to, and he says this in the book, if you're working a nine to five, you come home, you eat, he even talks about like people who have kids or whatever. And then they put the kids down at like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. And then he's like, you better be working from like 9 PM until one, two in the morning and then get up the next day and do, do it all over again. If what you want is to not be in that nine to five anymore. Now I'm not suggesting, you know, overworking yourself and working to, to, you know, until you're dead you know, working yourself into an early grave. I, I don't know that the question is necessarily about focus. It, it's about living a full life and knowing what you want. And if what you want is to actually be a full-time actor, then there's a lot of work and effort that goes into that. Hmm. Does, that does that make sense? Yeah. It's a little bit um, like the being thing you were talking about earlier, being over doing. I don't know. The, the question is you know, how do you stay focused despite spending time and energy elsewhere? And mm. I guess if, hmm. You know, I, I, I get it to, to kind of jump in here. I get it because this is something that David Allen talks about. This is something that um, they talk, that Tony Schwartz talks about in uh, his book, The Powerful Engagement. Evan Pagan talks about this in the Wake Up Productive course that I've taken. And it's, it's basically a, a question, I think, more of... I mean, willpower, and if you want to get like super scientific about it, uh, Altradian rhythms. Um, I know that made me sound kind of nerdy and condescending, busting out words like that. But, but like the, the the fact is that human beings, we have energetic cycles throughout the day that we work through, and that one of the things that burns the most willpower, this finite resource that we had, that we start every day off with a fresh amount, but when it's gone, it's gone. It's not like you can just like summon more willpower at will. I mean, you kind of can, but you're not going to be nearly as focused. Craig Ballantyne talks about this in, in his interview when he talks about magic time, finding that, that window in the day when you are just the most creative and the most on and the most focused. 
and really capitalizing on that. What they found, what the research has shown, burns the most willpower and really takes us out of the game and, and probably leads to difficulty staying focused, um, like uh, Matt is talking about, is what Evan Pagan would call changing channels. So when you switch from one task to another completely unrelated task, all of a sudden you've split your focus and all this willpower gets like just burned up, just incinerated in that transition. And so it's really about structuring your day. Uh, and I, I don't know if this works for everybody, but this has worked really well for me. And it seems to work well for other people. Structuring your day so that there's really only one or two main things that you're working on and just fueling, uh, you know, all your energy, pulling all your, putting all your energy, uh, and, and into those one or two things so that you minimize the amount of time you have to change channels. And you can even theme your days. You can have days where it's like, okay, today is my acting. It gets, is one of my two things, you know, and I'm just going to pour four hours into that or, or filmmaking or writing or whatever it is. And then the next day it's like, you have to put that in the back burner, but you get so much done because you're not changing channels throughout the day. Um, so maybe combining that with a little bit of the long game version or vision of being a star wherever you are, you know, what also, mm. what, what also comes up for me is, um, what David Allen talks about he wrote getting things done. He's the guy who basically, repurposed the productivity philosophy that is now GTD getting things done. And, uh, he, what I love about his philosophy is that he says he doesn't, he doesn't ice like delineate. He doesn't draw lines between work and home or family and, and, you know, personal and public. Like he doesn't, he just, it all goes in one bucket and that bucket is things you have to do. And I just, I like that approach because then it's not, you're not, creating channel changing for yourself arbitrarily. You're just like, I've got to pick up milk. I've got to, you know, send the TPS report. I don't know. I've got to call Sally back. I've got to get new tires in my car. It's like, it all goes in one bucket of things that need to be done. And then you just look at how can I most effectively process these things so that I can get back to a sort of baseline place where I feel not stressed out or overwhelmed. So that's, that might be something to look into as well, uh, Matt, is um, getting things done if you haven't checked that out. I, I highly recommend the audio seminars that David does over the actual book. Uh, the book is a little too uh, intellectual for me, and I just don't – I didn't really absorb the material until I listened to some uh, of the audio seminars that he sells. Really? Too intellectual for Mr. Altridian? I know. I don't want to say that word, so it's, <laughs> it's like I'm going to try to make this joke, but it's going to come out stupid. Uh, I know, I know, I just um, dumped a bunch of stuff in there, but like you know, keep in keep in mind that that there, you know there are times where it's like you know crushing it is great. I'm all for it, but I that that to me almost doesn't work because I know that after like six or seven p.m., my brain just goes downhill real fast, and I've just learned to accept that about myself. I mean, yeah, I could chug a Red Bull and then like get going until one or two in the morning, but that's going to take 10 years off my life and I'm going to be miserable. So for some people that might work. Um, if your why is big enough, like you said, if you just burning to get out of that nine to five job, then absolutely do whatever it takes go for it. Just pedal to the metal. But, um, if you find that that advice doesn't resonate for you, maybe key into another approach, which is where's my magic time? How can I, you know, capitalize on the willpower when I have it during the day? Where are, how are my altradian rhythms working? Am I a morning person? Am I a night person? When do I feel most creative? What is sucking my energy and how do I get that out of my life? You know, that, there's a lot to look at here, but I think that hopefully you've, we've given you some places to start, Matt. 
I, I only want to add one small thing uh, to this, which is just we've talked about like the bigger chunks. And I, I just want to talk about something I've discovered recently, which is the transition game. You know, you were talking about changing channels, Trevor. And one of the things that I've been trying to give myself is like when I get home from work at the end of the day, just 10, 15, 20 minutes, however long it takes for you to get grounded again and sort of transition away from that energy and into a new energy, no matter what you're doing, no matter what the new channel is. Mm. Um, and I found that really supportive. Maybe it's not supportive for other people, but it's been supportive for me. So I just wanted to toss yeah. that that little transition game in there. Totally. Yeah. I think that's really important. And, uh, another toss back to, uh, the Craig Ballantyne interview. I've been focusing on the same thing, AJ. I just noticed that like, okay, I'm completely like changing my environment. My energy's changing. I'm going from a loud public place to a quiet private place, but I've got to do some stuff. And, um, Craig talked about a breathing technique. It's very simple, but you take, uh, an inhale for a count of four, you hold it for a count of seven, and then you exhale through your mouth for a count of eight. And if you do three or four of those, it literally changes your physiology. Like you, your cells literally reorganize themselves, and you just feel different after that. And uh, I've been practicing that, and it helps me make those transitions much more effectively, and it also helps me fall asleep faster at night. It really does. Uh, it's something that Sean Stevenson talks about in the Sleep Smarter book as well. Maybe we don't need 20 minutes. We just need two minutes. Yeah, just, just a, a few, a few, a few yeah. breaths like that. It can go a long way, and you know, there's more and more research. And again, I'm listening to myself. I'm like, Trevor, would you shut up with the studies and, and all the re you analytical jerk. But uh, there's more and more research that shows that like breathing is one of those highly underutilized and uh, subconscious things that we don't pay attention to and that is like sabotaging our focus and our productivity and things. So there, you know, there's a lot to look in there, um, a lot to look at there as well. Breathe, just simple breathing techniques. And, you know, this is stuff that goes back thousands of years. I mean, you know, many cultures have, have, uh, prescribed special breathing techniques, you know, they're not complicated, but, you know, breathing techniques for issues just like this. Thank you, Matt, for the question. Uh, let us know, you know, what lands and, and, and if you try any of these things and what works. Christopher sent in a pretty funny, I thought it was a funny email, but he also worded it funny. So maybe he was trying to be funny. Um, he was talking about how he got to do this gig and he was so excited because one of the main uh, uh, players on set was this actor that he really loves and respects, um, from stuff like the office and, um, uh, all these TV shows that he's been watching for his whole life. He said, what he got on set with him, he's like, uh, should I have told him that was a fan? And then he says, I didn't because I don't know. I was trying to, I was, tr I wanted to try and keep myself at a professional level. Like, Hey, we're kind of the same. You and I working actors. Ha ha. I don't fucking know. <laughs> he literally wrote, I don't fucking know. Uh, I wanted to tell him, what do you guys think? Uh, top tier actor wouldn't want to feel like you're working with another professional. Uh, so anyway, hilarious question, Christopher, and I love every bit of it. Um, Trevor, do you have any like knee jerk like? Yeah, things? yeah. I mean, a uh, couple things. I've I've caught myself in this situation so many times, and I've I've done 
the thing that I think really worked really well and the thing that completely just embarrassed the hell out of me. So a uh, quick side story. I met Danny Carey, who's the drummer for Tool. And I love Tool, love them, listened to them since I was like 12. Seen them live a few times and I got to talk to Danny Carey. I was working at Apple and he's returning the sound card. And um, when I realized who I was talking to, one of the greatest drummers ever to live, one of the just he's just a god uh <laughs> just like man, is was, this how you acted oh god i Did was like exactly how you're describing it dude, right now uh, i i i as because soon as i realized so, I who it was going with this story <laughs> yeah yeah i just i remember saying i was like i was like so uh are you guys like are you like working on anything like i tried to be a like a, a buddy you know and i was like you work on anything right now and he's like yeah you're in the studio and it's like that's cool i was like you know i've got all your albums and like i've seen you live a few times you guys like you like you, you just really rock and i like did the fist pump and everything and it was <laughs> god it was so oh, bad you did a fist pump it was so bad man oh man and i just wouldn't shut up Oh, it was so bad. And then I, I remember saying, like, I even, like, called out songs, like, the drum solo you do on 46 and 2. It was like, oh, God. Like, every, I just, every time that comes on, I just, like, turn it. Like, I was like, Trevor, stop. Shut the fuck up, man. Like, just just return the guy's goddamn sound card and let him go. So, I bet. Anyway, Christopher, I've been there is what I'm trying to say. Um <laughs> And, and, and the thing that I've done that, that always works really well for me, and I think Michael Kostroff even talks about that in his interview. We'll link to all these interviews in the show notes for this. But Michael Kostroff talks about working with De Niro in a, 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 a project film, TV show. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a film made for TV. I think it's called Wizard of Lies, I think. And it's out now. Uh, and Kostroff plays De Niro's brother in that. You know, he said, like, look, when, when, when De Niro's at on set working like he's at his office like he doesn't want to be bugged with fans and uh my dad always told me and this is the thing that has always worked for me he always told me that you know when you meet people whose work you enjoy just tell them that just say hi you know extend your hand shake their hands to say i just wanted to say i really enjoy your work and every time I've done that, it has turned out so unbelievably well. They just go, oh, thank you. And they shake my hand. And then sometimes a conversation ensues and sometimes it doesn't. But it's always just a really professional way to sort of let them know that you're on their level, but that you also acknowledge them as a sort of working professional who's, who's sort of upper tier, as it were. You know, you were saying like there's things I've done where it's just like crash and burn and things when, you know, it was awesome. I would say like just treat them like a person um, is like the biggest thing because any time that I ever like, I don't know, treated it like it was not a normal human interaction, that's when it got weird for me. Like if I was like uh, being nervous or weird and like, <clears throat> trying to avoid contact with them as a result of that, it, you know, it, that's when it's super awkward. They just treat them like another human being who puts their pants on one leg at a time in the morning, just like I do. It puts me at ease and just helps me to just be my, you know, they're, they're a person that's, you know, first and foremost, and everybody's different. And you know, that saying like, don't, you know, be careful and never like never meet your heroes people are different. Like some people are going to want to chat it up and some people aren't. And some people are going to be jerks because they're jerks and in, in their life. 
not, and they were probably jerks before they had the success that they have. Um, and then most people are actually really effing cool and, and are, you know, would ha- be happy to shoot the shit and have a great conversation. So, yeah. And you know, you, you might catch them in a mood and that happens, you know, like I've, I've met a few people where I'm like, man, that guy was a jerk. And then you realize like later you read in the tabloids that like his wife just died of cancer or something like that. And you're like, Oh, well now I'm, I'm the jerk for judging that, you know? So I find that just a simple thing, like what my dad said, just say, I really enjoy your work. That just opens a door and they can walk through it if they want. And if they're dealing with something personally or they don't want to, then, then at least you've let them know that you enjoy their work and, and that's it. And that's all it has to be. Every time I've tried to do more than that and be a fan, uh, rather than a peer or just an audience member, it's gone South. (laughs) It's gone badly. But if you just say, look, Hey, I appreciate what you do. It's awesome. Keep it, keep it up. You know, that's essentially what you're saying. Um, it's, it just turns out well, people just, they, they, everybody likes to hear that, you know, that, that, that the, 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 the work that they do with their time and energy has a positive impact and that's all it needs to be. Nothing more. Hmm. So, uh, Chris, thanks for the question. That was a fun one. Uh, and congrats on the gig, dude. Uh, the yeah. show was, uh, can we say this? Uh, it was a co-star role on Silicon Valley. That's pretty cool. So our final question of the episode comes from Melissa and she says she's been listening for a few years now, but she doesn't remember us mentioning background acting very much. And it's true, Melissa, we, we actually haven't really talked a lot about background acting. Um, she says she's done background in LA for about a year, year and a half, and she's become a union must join, uh, much like our very own AJ Meyer recently was. She's wondering if we have any advice about whether she should join SAG-AFTRA now or wait until she has actual principal work on her resume because she wants to join the union so uh, she can work union background to bring in more income, but but she's afraid that if she joins, it will limit her ability to ever get principal work. So she doesn't want to basically join the union too quickly because then some of the lower hanging fruit, uh, for lack of a better description in terms of non-union work, like the, the bigger roles, but the roles that aren't union, um, she won't have the chance to experience those because she will be forbidden essentially from working on them as a union actor. So this is something we have gotten just not in the context of using the background actor aspect as, as income. So, so for the income perspective, Union, uh, I think, what do they make, like $168, something like that, $168 per, per day instead of the 80 that non-union makes? Is it something like that? Do you uh, know? I don't know the numbers for that. I'm sure Jen Levin's going to tell us right now. She's probably <laughs> texting us right now. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. It's, it's you know, significantly more. It's not a ton of money, but if you're mostly just sitting around and walking back and forth behind a, you know, in a scene, um, it can be, uh, you know, a day well spent. And it definitely is worth it if you've got the capital to fund that that union fee, which is what like thirty five hundred bucks. So a little, a few things to take into account there. But my agent said it really well years ago before I joined the union. He said joining the union shows casting directors, directors, producers. It shows them that you are a professional who is in this for the long haul. So if you are not union, in a way, you are largely considered. Uh, sort of a hobby actor. But if they see that union designation on your resume or on your website or on your business card or on your IMDb or whatever it is, you've joined a new rank of actors who are 
professionals who, you know, adhere to a certain quality, you know, standard of, uh, of work and, and quality of work and circumstances on, on set. And, you know, it's, it says a lot. Oh, you just went through this AJ. So what, what was your thought process around this specifically? Well, I, I mean, I just, I held out as long as I could until I was a must join. And then I joined, I always wanted to. So it was a pretty, it was a no brainer for me, but full disclosure, I'm becoming increasingly biased on this issue, being not only a union actor and talking to my other friends who are union actors. And, um, <clears throat> now that we've interviewed, uh, Gabrielle Carteris and talked about like flipping projects, I'm kind of like, if, if your mind, once again, we're going back to ways of being and mindset. If you if your mindset is I'm going to be limited, then you're right. Hmm. That's the end of that thought. You're if you think you're going to limit yourself by joining the union, then you will be right about that. What did Mark Mark Twain say? Whether you can or you can't, you're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, oh man, I just have Stewie saying that because there's an episode of Family Guy where he's remember Brian. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, if if you think that it's going to limit your ability to to get principal work, that's what's going to happen. So um, you know that's really just about mindset. And and if you you know audition for something and it's really good and you want to work on it and the people are not doing it uh, through the union, flip the project. There's so many different levels and ways of doing it. It's paperwork. That's it. It's paperwork. So if they're not making it union, they're being lazy. Basically, they're just not filling out paperwork. Um, help them do it. Call the union. Hey, you know what? I really want to work at this project, but I'm union and it's not. Help me. How do I make this happen? They will be happy to support you in 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 making it happen. You know, the other thing that Gabrielle talked about was the whole like turning down uh, over half a million dollars worth of work over her lifetime. But she was thinking about it <clears throat> in the long term, in the long haul and thinking of others too on top of that, which is to say that every time you accept non-union work, whether a union actor or not, you're basically telling that producer and all of his producer friends, his or her producer friends from that point forward, you can hire non-union actors and pay less for your project, pay less for your storytellers. In other words, you're you're making a value judgment on that art. I can get this art for this amount of money and I don't need to hire a union actor and pay more for it because it's only worth this. Hmm. Um, so like I said, I'm becoming increasingly biased about this, but that's my impassioned um, stump speech. I, I'm with you. And you know, when I joined the union... My work got better because I had a little bit of the pride of carrying that um, qualification around with me. I knew what I had. I knew the, the club that I was joining. I knew that I was in a new tier and, uh, and I got better. And I've never felt limited in any way whatsoever by the work that I could take on uh, because I was in the union. I mean, there were jobs where it was like, we'd love to have you, but we're not. You know, it's like, okay, well, I, you know, if you're not willing to flip the project, then I, I can't do it. And that we didn't. And they found another actor who was better for the role than I ever would have been. And so they won and I won. And, and it, like, it's, there's so many jobs out there. The ter the landscape continues to just expand and proliferate and change. And, and more and more people are self-producing amazing work. And it's like, I, I don't know, Melissa, I would say if, if you've got the money, uh, do it. 
Like, don't, don't wait. And, and, and like AJ just said, like, it's all about mindset. If you think it's going to limit you, then, then it probably will. And if you think it's just going to open up all sorts of new opportunities and avenues for you and take your career to the next level, then it will absolutely do that too. So, um, I think that's pretty clear where we stand on that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) Cool. Well, that was our final question. Anything else before we, uh, outro this bad boy? I don't think so. I just want to thank all you guys for, um, entrusting us with your questions, with your journeys, with your thoughts. It's been, it's always an honor and, and a lot of fun to, to explore some of these things and unpack these things. And I'm always, I just really enjoy being a part of this conversation and, and hearing that people get value out of it. And, uh, I really want to hear, um, how some of these things turn out. Like if we discussed your, your question in this episode, please get in touch with us and let us know how it's going because some of these questions came in a while ago. So uh, I want to be sure that, um, you know, we see if, if we were valuable or not. Thank you for saying all that, Trev. I, I love engaging with our listeners. I think I, for a moment, forgot how much trust is necessary for them to actually send in a question and ha- and and know that we may answer it on the air. Um, <clears throat> that takes some some guts and some vulnerability. So yeah, yeah, I really appreciate. I mean, I appreciate them sending um, this stuff in anyway, but but I really appreciate the um, the vulnerability it takes to do so. Yeah. yeah, thanks for saying that. Don't thank me. Thank our listeners. <laughs> Don't thank okay. me. Thank the moon's gravitational pull. Yo, when you when you send in those questions, it was just like, oh, they were like the best questions ever. You you guys totally rocked. Uh, you guys just like I have all your episodes downloaded. I have just... I have all your questions in my inbox, <laughs> oh my and like when uh... I read this one question, like oh. I just I I get goosebumps. I feel it, man. Like the oh, you just you rock. You just really rock, man. I, you totally rock. Anyway, enough of that. Today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and hosted. Oh my god, I'm still laughing. Was produced and hosted by yours truly, AJ Meyer and Trevor Algat. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Man, if our listeners have to put up with a lot, Jen has to put up with so much. Uh, Gadali Gubrick is our marketing web director. Deborah Smith is our community manager. Grace Gordon is our director of public relations. And Fern Lim designed our logo and wrote an awesome Q1 review. Trevor Algat edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our episodes at our website, InsideActing.net. You can also find us on social media and wherever you get your podcasts. I think we're pretty much everywhere now. If you've got a minute and you'd like to leave us a review on iTunes, please do. That really, really helps, especially especially the good ones. The negative ones don't don't help. <laughs> uh, special thanks to our sponsors, Camera Ready You, PrintHeadshots.com, and Bluehost. And thanks to you, our listeners. Visit our website to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, get links to everything we talked about on this episode and all of our episodes. And if you'd like, you can, of course, support the continued production of the show, as Trevor mentioned earlier on, with either a one-time financial contribution or an ongoing contribution as part of our membership visit insideacting.net to learn more and show us some love and that does it for episode 276 of inside acting thank you so much for listening we'll see you next week and in the meantime 
be a star wherever you are.